Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts today, Angie Fryermuth. And I'm Lauren Like. In this episode, we are talking about the Corps' newest and most exciting program, the Corps' Water Infrastructure Financing Program, otherwise known as SWIFT-P. And with us today is Aaron Snyder and Kevin McDonald. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. It's good to be here. So before we get too far into the conversation, we always like to hear more about our guests. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at USACE? We'll start with you, Aaron. Thanks, Angie. I'm Aaron Snyder, and as our guests know from a podcast a couple of weeks ago, I've been with the Corps for 20 years. I'm the director of the Corps Water Infrastructure Financing Program, uh, which we're talking about here today. But since you heard about my history a couple of weeks ago, I figured I would dive into a little bit of other unique trivia about myself. I grow culinary mushrooms at home, so I really enjoy doing that, and I also enjoy playing Minecraft. My other random piece here is that one day I spent literally a whole day mining in Minecraft on my way to a mushroom island. So between Minecraft, mushroom island, and family, that takes up all my time. So uh, it's great to be here. And how about you? So I'm Kevin McDonald. I'm actually new to the Corps. Um, I joined early April from the EPA's WIFIA program, where I was the program's senior underwriter and credit branch chief for about seven years. My background is in federal credit, pretty much my whole career. I started at the U.S. Department of Transportation's TIPIA program, where I worked on loans for highway and transit projects across the country. And then when Congress uh, funded EPA's WIFIA program at the beginning of the Trump administration, the current director, Jorianne Jernberg, and I were invited to come to EPA um, to help get that program off the ground, which I'm very proud to say has just crossed the, the milestone of 100 loans to date. And $14 billion in credit assistance. Um, so I'm really excited to be at the core. I, I tell people that I'd like to see the course program be even more successful than EPA's. And I'm hopeful that with the, the great team that we've assembled to stand up the program, that we'll see that to fruition. A little bit about myself. I'm, I can't say that I'm as, have as neat of background as Aaron in terms of mushrooms and Minecraft. <laughs> Prior to my federal service, I actually I uh, worked for a fellow named Glenn Whitney, who created the first museum devoted to mathematics in the United States. Uh, and I joined him when the idea was just a seed in his mind. He's a mathematician by training. I would encourage you all to go visit the, the National Museum of Mathematics, which opened in 2011 on the north side of Madison Square Park in New York. So I'm really happy to be here today. I really enjoy building organizations, and I'm so excited about this program and what it can do for America's dam infrastructure. So thank you. Thank you, Erin and Kevin. It's great to have you with us today. Erin, can you please tell us about the Core Water Infrastructure Financing Program and why it is important for the Core? Thanks, Lauren. Yeah, the Core Water Infrastructure Financing Program, or SWIFT-P, as you'll probably hear us call it, is a very exciting new program for the Core. And one reason is that it's a completely new way of doing business for the Core of Engineers. Traditionally, the core has been an agency uh, that gets funding and we provide direct assistance. So you help to construct projects with sponsors and deliver infrastructure that way for the American public. But what now we're doing is getting into more of the banking and financing realm, which is super critical for the nation's infrastructure and infrastructure needs. And we're able to provide 
long-term low-cost financing options for our borrowers. And initially, the program is focused on dam safety projects. So we're really targeting to improve the nation's dam safety. And what this program will do, it functions like a federal bank. And by being able to provide these loans that go to borrowers that have to pay them back, we're able to save taxpayers a significant amount of money compared to other options they have. So the goal of the program is to accelerate delivery, but really to let the non-federal entities lead that delivery. And we're just helping facilitate and enable them to this delivery. So at the end of the day, we're going to be able to bring a lot of capital to the table, provide that to local entities that can then deliver these really critical infrastructure projects for the nation. So we're really super excited to be getting into this realm of financing. And it's just something the core hasn't done previously. So this is exciting information. You mentioned that it's a loan program and you mentioned that some of the benefits being that it's a long term, low interest loan. Can you talk about other benefits to the borrower? So, I mean, when Congress created the program, they really provide us with a number of powerful tools to be able to drive value through low-cost financing um, in many different ways. So, obviously, the interest rate is key. We can lend to folks at the Treasury rates for up to 40 years. And so that means folks that are trying to finance a large project and want to spread the, the cost of that project over time can borrow at 3.5% for about 40 years. So obviously that's very attractive from an affordability perspective and a repayment term perspective. But on top of that, there's some other powerful flexibilities like the ability to structure how you repay a loan um, to make payments more affordable. So typically when you have a mortgage, the average person is paying the same amount every month in a mortgage payment. In our program, we allow borrowers to defer payments during construction so they can conserve the cash they need to fund the project. And then once the project is complete, allow those payments to step up over time as the revenues available, um, either from the project or taxes or what have you, to grow over time and sort of make sure that the payments are affordable over that 40-year time horizon. We have the ability to reset our interest rate if interest rates fall from the time you uh, execute a loan, which is pretty beneficial to folks if in this current interest rate, we're slightly higher than we were a few years ago. If interest rates fall, they can take advantage of that. And we also allow folks to pledge a variety of sources of repayment and a combination of sources of repayment in order to make a plan of finance for projects that really a lot of folks are struggling to figure out how to cobble together the necessary sources to fund them. You can cobble those together into one source for us to, to repay the loan that typical capital markets might not be comfortable with, or they might not be comfortable in a way that's affordable. So that's just a few, but we'll stop there. Great, thank you, Kevin. So you talked a bit about uh, the benefits of this program, and I know that federal loan programs are kind of maybe not well known among some folks. Uh, they might not have uh, much background about federal loan programs. So. Erin, can you talk a little bit about what are some of the biggest misconceptions of federal loan programs? Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that's a great question because that's something we actually hear all the time is people hear, oh, Army Corps of Engineers, and then they come in thinking, oh, you're going to have this typical core process, a typical core you know, engineering criteria that you have to follow, or they might think of the regulatory side of the core, like, oh, you're here to regulate me. But the bank is neither of those things, really. Um, so we really are a banking arm. So what we don't do is we don't federalize the project. 
So we're not going in to come in and, and take control of the project. We're not going to come and implement, you know, core technical criteria and core reviews in the process. You're going to be required to follow, you know, state reviews and state standards uh, for your project. There are a few federal strings that are out there that come with every federal program and all federal funds. Those would be, you know, Davis-Bacon, NEPA compliance, and then a, a number of the other common cross-cutters, American Iron and Steel, and the Build America by America requirement. So if there's a number of requirements out there that do come with the project that you'd have to comply with. However, we do not federalize the project. So these are projects that are locally owned, operated, and maintained. Um, these are not federal assets. They're not federal projects like, say, a lock and dam that the Corps of Engineers owns on the, the Mississippi River. Uh, this is going to be more like non-federal infrastructure. Uh, and that's why we're able to leverage the, the loan program. And one interesting thing of, you know, why, and I did mention this earlier, and I should have about, you know, why are these loan programs important and what does it really mean for the American taxpayer? And it's really great. These programs are relatively low cost to the American, the federal taxpayer. Um, we're able to take, say, a dollar of appropriations and turn that into about a hundred dollars of loans or, you know, a million dollars of appropriation and turn it into a billion dollars of loans. So we're able to really leverage the financing of this and those appropriations. So from a policy perspective, it's kind of a low cost, but it can have a huge impact because when you're a local entity and you borrow, uh, say, a million dollars, uh, you're able to save up to 20% compared to other options. So we can provide tremendous savings to local taxpayers on the repayment side of things, and the federal taxpayers have a relatively low cost. So it makes it a really exciting policy tool that we just ha haven't had at our disposal before. And I wanted to add to that, Aaron, I think I agree with those sentiments completely, is that I've heard that a lot of folks think that federal loan programs, especially the infrastructure space, are time consuming. They can be expensive to get the loan. There's a lot of paperwork involved and there's a lot of control that the federal agency exerts over the, the project that, to your point, Aaron, is really locally conceived, designed, built, financed, maintained. And so I think. When you think of the SWIFT program, we are the opposite of all of those things. We've made sure to design a process that can provide you loans early in your process for supporting design. And we can provide you loans at a relatively low cost. We think that the average loan with us will cost about $150,000 to $300,000, which is comparable or actually less expensive than if you went out into the bond market. The amount of paperwork that we've had, we've really designed this great innovative online platform that has streamlined the process to apply for SWIFTY loans to, to keep the paperwork down. And once you close the loan, we can rely on a lot of the uh, submissions that you're already preparing for your, like the borrower's management and the bondholders that you might already have. And finally, in terms of level of control, one thing that's really important to us that I want to hammer is that these are your projects you're developing and that we aren't here to control the design specs or how the project is scoped. We want to make sure that we're repaid and that you're delivering the project that you've applied for assistance for. But beyond that, this is your project. We really want you to own it. Thank you for that. Now, we know that EPA also has a loan program. And so how do these two programs complement each other? So that's a great question. It's interesting when Congress created both programs back in 2014, they provided essentially the same statutory framework. And the Army Corps has the 
unique ability to build on EPA's program that's really concentrated with drinking water and wastewater projects. You know, there's 5,000 wastewater systems and I think 15,000 public drinking water systems across the country. And that's really EPA's bread and butter is providing financing for projects that improve public health with drinking water and water quality through improvements to wastewater standards. CORE's program, since it shares the same statutory framework, can offer essentially the same terms and conditions that EPAs can, but we're really focused on dam safety projects. And so the universe of prospective borrowers and projects that we're doing is, is somewhat different. We can serve hydro facilities, we can serve irrigation districts. And so there are a number of types of sort of eligible borrowers and projects in the dam space that EPA really doesn't serve. But given the sort of that EPA's successfully stood up its program is operating today, we can, as an agency, benefit from EPA's experience, track record, and best practices to make sure that our program is as efficient and successful as them, and that the universe of borrowers is served adequately and efficiently. Thank you, Kevin. So we talked about the program itself, but I know that the program now is just getting underway. And so I'm sure those folks with dam safety projects are very curious on how they can apply. Erin, can you talk a bit about the application process and what should folks do if they are interested in applying for a loan? Yeah, so I think first off, it's important to know who can apply for the loan. So cities, states, municipal governments, uh, private entities really who can't apply is almost a, a smaller group of people. Um, so individual people and the federal government are not able to apply for these loans, but really anybody else can. So if you own a dam, it's also key, obviously, since our program is focused on um, dam safety fixes. But um, so if you're somebody out there that owns a dam, you know, you're able to come to us. We have, like Kevin mentioned, an online portal. Uh, so hopefully it's a very streamlined process, just like it would be to going to any of the, the major banks across the country, go online, you provide the information, there's a registration process for that. And we're really excited about having that online portal and this, how we view that as a very seamless transition, especially because this is a two-step application process. So you'll apply, um, you'll give us a preliminary application, we'll review that preliminary application, and then we'll invite you to apply for a full application. And when we invite you, that implies that we believe there's a high probability that you're gonna move into closing the loan. So that initial screening process is set to put us all in the right position uh, so we can move forward and seamlessly close along with you and get you the, the funds and process you need. We're really, really excited because the, the application process is gonna be opening here. We're looking at launching this program on June 22nd. So we'll be going live with the program and folks will be able to go out there uh, register with us and then start their application process. There's going to be a 90-day preliminary application period. We're encouraging everybody to, to get in there and get in with that 90 days. Uh, we will process all of those applications from that 90-day period, send those invitations for full applications to those that were selected, and then we're going to move to a rolling application period. So just like any other major bank in the U.S., you can apply at any time. Uh, so we want to make sure that our capital is available for you when you need it and not when you have to hit just a specific window. So trying to in, add those flexibilities in. Um, and I think, you know, we're really excited about getting this program launched. So just to let our listeners know, when we post this podcast, we'll go ahead and we'll put the web link in the description of the podcast. So you can easily find where to go to get that information. 
If someone has questions about the program or a particular project, what should they do? So that's a great question. At the end of the day, we are here to be a resource to help prospective borrowers deliver their projects as affordably as we can help them do. And so if you've got a project that you think might be a good candidate for the SWIFT people, I would encourage you to look at our website, read our, our program guide that describes sort of our process for applying, uh, which projects are eligible, and the general terms and conditions around the credit assistance. So that'll give you a good flavor about sort of what it means to be a SWIFT P borrower and what the process looks like. But I would encourage you to email us um, at swiftp at usace.army.mil and ask for a meeting with us, introduce your project, talk about what sort of your ideas are to repay a potential loan from us. And we're really happy to engage with you on sort of how we could make our process work for you to get your project done. At the end of the day, we're, as I said, we're a resource for you. So please reach out to us as early and as often as you can and as you, as you would like. Thank you, Kevin. So we've talked a lot about the program and the benefits that it provides and the application process. Aaron and Kevin, do you have anything else to add that you would like our listeners to know about the core water infrastructure financing program? No, I think I just want to echo kind of what Kevin said. So if you have questions or interested, reach out to us. Uh, we've got a ton of great information on our website. Uh, we have a number of webinars we've been conducting and will continue to conduct to, to convey information uh, to our prospective borrowers. So really just look forward to working with everybody. Our goal is to make this the most efficient and streamlined federal loan program. Uh, and obviously, we need to make sure that these loans get paid back. So we're going to do our due diligence, but we really want to get that capital out there and see some of these infrastructure projects move forward. So really excited about this program. It's a great new opportunity for the Corps of Engineers, and it really is focusing on the, the cost of financing infrastructure projects. And I think that's just something that's been missing for a long time. So it's great that we're finally addressing this. And, and again, very excited for this program and to see it moving forward. Like you, we're excited for you as well. And uh, we look forward to seeing uh, this program become very successful. So thank you, Aaron and Kevin, for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights. To our listeners, we want to hear from you, what topics are important to you, and people you are interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.